the Just Saying podcast is proud to have Our Riveter as our sponsor. Our Riveter doesn't hire military spouses to make handbags. They make handbags to hire military spouses. To shop these bags on a mission, please visit ourriveter.com. Use code BRIEF at checkout for 15% off all signature collection items. Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. And in this episode, we are going to discuss the disquiet behind quiet quitters. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. The point of this podcast is to help you become an intentional communicator. It's based on the book Brief, which is Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less, The Value of Concise Communication. And also the book Noise, Living and Leading When Nobody Can Focus, which is about managing all the distractions and disruptions and the noise in your life, which there's quite a bit. And what I'm really trying to do here is to help you think about how you can think more clearly and how you can communicate more concisely and the connection between those things, the quality of your thinking and the quality of your communication and even the quantity of it to make it brief, make it more impactful. And I care a lot about terms and words because words have impact, they have meaning, they drive things. And I think that we live in a world where people talk to talk and they treat words lightly. And it's never been easier to communicate. We, we can get online, we can communicate all the time. And does it have an impact? Are we excessive? Are we over-informing? Are we overdoing it? And... In recent episodes, I'm talking more and more about the value of quiet. So this term, quiet quitters, of course, catches my attention as a brand marketer, as a person who cares about, you know, phrasing and naming and things like that. It's a, it's a, certainly, it's a catchy title. And, and it intersects somehow with the, a launch of a new program that I had called Quiet Works, which is related to noise. It's a companion program to our brief programs. And it's, the val- it's around the value of silence in the workplace. And I'm wondering, okay, well, how does, what is, what's, this, what's all this about quiet quitting? And I've been reading, like maybe a lot of you have, about this trend, this term. And I've left kind of scratching my head like there's a lot of talk but little insight from this. It's, it's certainly catchy. It's fancy. Got my attention, but I'm, I'm seeing a, very little insight. There's a lot being said, but somehow very little being said. What is it? And is it something I should worry about or should I support? Um, is it just the natural evolution of work and how work is evolving and how we work is changing? Certainly after a pandemic, how we work is, is under review and it's changed. A lot of it won't go back. And what drives this trend or what's driving, what's pushing it, what's, what's at the heart of it? So that's why I wanted to do this podcast, you know, and and I love terms and I love words, so recently in my reading, I came across the term disquiet. And it's not like I've never heard the term before, but it really kind of struck me. as like, I'm, I'm watching this program, Quiet Works, and <clears throat> this vision of the quiet workplace, so disquiet. So I stopped and I looked it up. And here's what I found. So as a noun, disquiet is defined as a lack of calm, peace, or ease, anxiety uneasiness. And as a verb, it's to deprive of calmness, equanimity, or peace, to disturb, to make uneasy. 
That's kind of a powerful term, disquiet. Do I have disquiet in my life? Is there a lack of calm and peace and ease? Is there more anxiety? You know, clearly when I'm writing the book, Noise, I did a lot of research on this. And you can do your own research. And I'm sure that you know people, maybe yourself directly, where you see like how we consume noise and the amount of noise that we consume and just how this dissemination of noise and the consumption of noise nonstop can re can really lead to disquiet, uneasiness, anxiety. If you're online all the time, addicted to it, you're constantly consuming information, generating it, you feel like you've lost power. And, uh, and these noise levels in our lives you know, continue to increase. We're defined by it in a certain sense. You know, how much noise can we consume and disseminate in a day? Is poor communication untimely, meaningless? It's another way of looking at it. And what would it look like if we had less of it in our lives and how much maybe the opposite of disquiet, how much would quiet would bring? It would bring, you know, more peace, more calm, more ease, more um, less anxiety, less uneasiness. And that's obviously a good thing. We'd want that. But there's a disquiet. I've been thinking about this. There's a, there's a disquiet behind this term of quiet quitters somehow. And that's what I want to talk about. There's a lot of talk about it, but there's little insight. So I want to bring some more insight to you about this term to see if we can make some sense of it. Because at the end of the day, it's it's probably a lot of different things, but certainly the workplace is evolving. And the impact of consuming this much noise has an, has an effect on us. It's not healthy. It's not good. We need quiet, but then there's quiet quitters. And it's like, all right, well, that's that's a combination of, well, certainly I'm a, I love alliteration. So that's a good alliteration right there. That's what makes it catchy. I, I, I see the value of quiet. There's a role of silence in our lives, but quitting, who wants to be a quitter? And who wants to be called a quiet quitter? And is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it just a thing? It's not, I don't, it's not good or bad. It's just a reality. What, is it, what does it even mean to be it? And what I started to think about was really the issue is disquiet behind it. It's the lack of calm and peace and ease. It's the anxiety. It's the uneasiness that is driving quiet quitters. And, and what do I mean by that? I think that if you look at the helplessness of people in, in, a, in a society, in a, in a professional and personal reality where I can't make the noise stop, People get to a point where they're just like they feel helpless, and a big big reason why I wrote the book Noise was just kind of looking at the world we live in and how to communicate in it. You're communicating in a very noisy world. Well, how do you cut through that clutter? Well, the first thing you got to recognize is that it is clutter, and it's like think of clutter in your life. Like if you have a house with clutter, it doesn't give you peace to look at clutter. It makes you uneasy. It makes you it 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 affects you, and it. In a, in a kind of an immediate, profound, and personal way to look at that. Well, if you look at information and how we communicate and how cluttered it is, can I even manage it? Or am I just sort of like on the hamster wheel? I'm doing stuff that doesn't matter, and I'm saying stuff that doesn't matter, and it's just like I don't really have an impact. And, and that is a life of disquiet. And it, it, does, it does look like you know it might be behind this whole term and trend, which is that lack of calm, that lack of peace. Ironically, that lack of quiet 
might be what's making people quiet quitters. Well, they're quiet quitters because they're not saying anything out loud. They're sort of just, you know, it seems like, are they pushing back? Are they giving up? Like, what are they, like, what is really happening? And from my vantage point, I think the issue is just quiet. Like, there's a sense of anxiety. And I'm not going to sit here and cite statistics on anxiety in the workplace and depression and things like that, because I think that's somebody else's responsibility there in research and things like that. But suffice it to say that anecdotally and personally, I've, I've seen an increase, a marked increase. And it's not surprising. I mean, if you think about the worry that people have about, you know, a boss or a client that calls them at all hours of the day and and the helplessness that you feel it's 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 kind of dark actually and 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 uh and people have to deal with it because you know it it doesn't like when i was writing noise it doesn't seem to stop it doesn't ask for your permission it comes and it's relentless and it's it's ceaseless somehow and my motivation is just like all right well how do you start managing that and Certainly this quiet works program that we've just introduced is a part of it, but a big part is saying no, not now. I'm exerting some control over the amount of time I spend online or the the quality of the information that I generate, the amount of information I consume is going to be a big part of like my ability to literally grab the dial and, and dial down noise into some level of quiet. So here's a couple things I just want you to think about this insight is that maybe the issue is disquiet. You know, defined as a lack of calm, peace, uneasiness, anxiety. And, you know, in reading an article, there's an article that just came out recently on August 12th in the Washington, I'm sorry, the um, Wall Street Journal. And the title is, If Your Coworkers Are Quiet Quitters, Quiet Quitting, rather, Here's What That Means. So I read this article, and it's written by a woman named Lindsay Ellis. <clears throat> and I'll just kind of go through a quick summary of this article because I think it's it's indicative of like, does this trend or term even mean anything? Well, one is just kind of right out of the gate is like, it's about not taking your job too seriously. And I, in my assessment is kind of, it's this and that, and it's good and bad and it's yes and no, but there's, it's about work-life balance. It's about boundaries against overtime. It's about, maybe it's about advocating for coasting from nine to five and just doing enough to get by. Um, Is it about navigating contemptible bosses? I mean, certainly... A big part of the work we do at the Brief Lab in communication and teaching people, specifically leaders, is if you're a leader that generates noise, it affects the people that work for you and work with you. And maybe that's what the pushback is about. You know, in the article, the the author goes on to say, you know, maybe it's about people don't care about climbing the corporate ladder anymore. They just don't have any ambition. Um, or they, because of the, the job market, they, they have the power now to push back. Or is it refusing to let worries rule over them? Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stress and fret so much about the demands on my attention and my time. Or is it really about levels of engagement? And recently, I did a an, a podcast about this Harvard Business Review and Microsoft research about is it really about engagement, or is it about something else? Or maybe is quite quitting about you know people not subscribing to the to the hustle culture mentality you know work is life that's all it is and you just all you do is work and work all day and a couple things to think about just as this insight of maybe disquiet is really the issue and quiet quitting is is somehow the the, the effect of the, of it's a symptom 
is a couple of areas of impact of noise. And I think I'll just go through a short list that I've just written down. One is the, is the blurred lines. There's no, there are no boundaries. You know, when does work, the work day actually start and when does it actually end? And something I espouse in writing noise is just, I call it the seven to seven rule, but you know, I start on technology at 7 a.m. and I put it down at 7 p.m. Now, I don't need to adhere exactly to those hours, but the idea is that nine, I start at a time and I end at a time. So businesses open at nine and they close at five. There's nothing wrong with that. So, but there are no boundaries. Maybe that's an issue. Or there's no quiet. It's all talk at work. Yeah, there's quiet after work, but that's personal time. But what about the, the value and the time and the place for quiet at work? Well, I can't because I have to collaborate all the time. I'm always on. I have to always be available. Maybe the third thing is just there's no clearly stated purpose for my work. You know, think about working for, at a place or for a person that doesn't really tell you in clear, simple terms the purpose of your job and what you're doing and why it matters. And it's really just activity, but there's no clarity. And then finally, there's no autonomy. Like, I can't say no. I always have to say yes because there's no flexibility. You know, just even this morning, you know, I feel autonomy because I own a company. You know, I had, I had a conflict of my schedule and I was able to text some coworkers saying, it would work better for me if we push this 15-minute prep meeting to another time this morning. But what if I couldn't say that? Now I, I just always have to say yes and, so, and s- somehow always somebody else is dictating not only when I have to be online or available, but that I always have to be available and I have no flexibility or autonomy to that. Well, if you look at those things like no boundaries, no quiet at work, no clear purpose, no autonomy, certainly that would create disquiet in me. I mean, I, I, I'm just speaking for myself. That would make me anxious and uneasy, you know, uneasy, not at peace for sure. Absolutely. So maybe the issue isn't just is, are, they, are they pushing back or are they giving up? Maybe it's both. But the point of the helplessness of or, or wanting to have autonomy, who wouldn't? Or wanting to work with clear purpose, you know, I, I, I would, you would. You, who would want to just be like, I don't really care, I just keep on doing stuff. Um, to be able to focus at work and to be able to say no to, to all the talk and collaboration from time to time would be great. That's why I'm starting this Quiet Works program. And just having boundaries. Like, I have a, I have a life, and I work, and I have a personal life, and those things can coexist, and they don't have to... There, there's, there's, there, there can be, and there should be boundaries. Might be this disquiet is what's really behind quiet quitting somehow. That was just my take on it. I, I thought I should talk about it. Certainly had the word quiet in it, so I caught my attention all the term. Nobody wants to be a quitter. But it's, you know, you'll have your own takeaways, but that was mine. Maybe it just from a word standpoint, a plain and simple way to define the term and trend of quiet quitters might be this. It's resignation without a resignation. Just saying.